You are listening to the postcast presented by the Locked On Senators podcast following a 4-1 loss on home ice for the Ottawa Senators against the Columbus Blue Jackets. I'm Ross Levitan. With me is always Brandon Piller. We don't have the Martian tonight. Had some personal things to take care of and Pillsy. This is one we're going to have to put some lipstick on, to say the least. Yeah, what's the old saying, Ross? It's like putting lipstick on a pig, eh? That's oh, uh, that's yeah. what this Ottawa Senators team is, putting nice jerseys on a team that uh, <laughs> can't do much else other than look good out there. At least they got that going for them. But, yeah, this this Sens team came out pretty flat in the first period. Sure, they get the first goal, but the shots in the first period are 15-8 to eight in favor of the Columbus Blue Jackets. And... Ross, we talked about it today. This is a team that in the Blue Jackets that doesn't have a particularly strong decor. And it seemed like the Sens weren't able to manipulate that or take advantage of that. I mean, Wierenski, obviously a great defenseman. He looked like an absolute stud tonight with a couple of great assists. And I was noticing him a lot. Unfortunately, the Sens stud defenseman left this game early. Oh my God. You want to start there? Because it's just going to make matters worse. Once That's the get story of the him. night, I'd say. Yep. Thomas Shabbat only plays eight minutes and 54 seconds, left the game, tried it out afterwards, but didn't last long. I thought it was impressive that he even tried because you could tell initially, and that's the same corner on the ice where Shane Pinto got hurt and where Josh Norris got hurt. And they're saying upper body kind of looked like a shoulder. So add it to the list, I guess. The Senators have to have the highest experienced shoulder uh, physio trainers in the league because these guys are getting their experience in with all these major shoulder injuries. And that looked like a bad one. And just from judging from the TSN 1200 quotes, doesn't sound like DJ is too optimistic that Thomas Shabbat will be back anytime soon. Oh, great. So now a team who... I would believe wants to get rid of some defenders at the trade deadline, if not only Josh Brown and Victor Mete. Now they're in a situation where with Mete, who's a healthy scratch tonight, you only have six healthy guys back there. And I don't know what you do right now. This was just a lackluster effort from the Ottawa Senators. Anton Forsberg kept them in the game early. That glove save was absolutely ridiculous during a stretch where Columbus had the first 10 shots in the game. Like, how do you not show up on time, ready to go during a five-game home streak when you just played, I don't want to call it the worst game of the year because they outshot them by so much, but you lose 5-3 to the Arizona Coyotes, and we know what happened on Saturday. So you're coming off back-to-back losses. You've allowed 11 goals in the last two games on home ice, and then you come out with that effort in the first period. Just set the tone for the rest of the night. Yeah, I don't know what you do about it. And uh, there were a couple, I, I've got a couple Sen Central standouts, but other than that, this whole team was very flat. And one thing I will tip my hat to them, though, is they did win the faceoff battle 60% to 40%, but it seemed like Josh Norris, and I've been noticing this a bit with uh, me focusing on faceoffs a little more, he'll win faceoffs, but he won't win them cleanly. And the puck just kind of floats out to the other side towards the center of the ice of where the faceoff has happened and the senators aren't able to retrieve those pucks so sure it's a good job by norris kind of winning that initial one-on-one battle at the dot but then the other senators don't win the next battle and if you're not able to win the faceoff cleanly that's one thing but 
you can have a lot of success even if you're not winning faceoffs, if you're winning those immediate battles after the draw. And I'm not seeing a good enough effort there. And I, we even saw some major puck possession by the Columbus Blue Jackets just because they wanted that puck more. In the third period, where the Senators entered down two goals, they mustered up eight shots on goal. And I would hazard to say maybe one of them was dangerous. I will give them some credit when they pulled their goalie with about three minutes left. They had some really good sustained ozone pressure. But then Ross, DJ Smith calls a timeout. All right, let's get a group together. Let's get a plan. And actually, this is the exact goal I was I was thinking of. Josh Norris wins that faceoff directly after the timeout. It goes to the center. Um, whoever the defenseman is there can't beat Sean F. and Corrali, and he pots one in from his own end right into the center of the empty net to seal this game. So that's a perfect example of, sure, great job putting pressure and uh, getting an ozone faceoff, but what are you going to do? How are you going to keep control of that puck? And they're not able to do it. And how are you going to keep control of the game when you score first? The Ottawa Senators have scored first in 28 games this season, and they only have 16 wins. Yeah, it's more than half, but... I would say the league average is a little more tilted than that when you score first. And again, the trend continues where when they're trailing after the second period, it's just pack it up, time to go home. We'll see you next game. One win in 28 games. Funny, they've scored first 28 times. They've entered the third period with a deficit 28 times this season. But it's just, it's the same story we're watching play out over and over just with a little different subplot. But the ultimate... It comes down to the game-winning goal where Nikita Zaitsev just gets out-muscled by a guy who's 190 pounds out front in the net. And Jack Roslevic there gets his second of the game. The first one, stick taps. like That's just an absolute sick play. The backdoor feed gets it up over Forsberg. You, you're going to give up goals like that. you got to tip your hat. But in the third period, it, or sorry, in the second period, when things went from bad to worse, it was just like, okay, Eric Robinson, sure, okay, you'll, you'll give him an, it's a nice little shot, hey, like or a tip. Sorry, it was a tip, right? Am I, am I being crazy? Uh, I've got it here. No, or wait, yeah, no, that's just a nice shot. Where Renski, that, that's yes. the one where Renski made an amazing two line right. pass, and yep. Robinson's right there. Oh, that was the play that should, that was the play that Shabbat got hurt exactly because Shabbat was trying to get off yeah. uh, quickly and kind of let Brandstrom out to dry there, but at the same time, like. What are you going to do when you got a bum shoulder? Exactly. And, and a guy where he already tried to play on it and it just couldn't go tonight. And uh, it sounds like maybe maybe it's not going to go for a little while. Uh, Eric Brandstrom, yeah. Michael uh, Chesty, good ODR tendy back in the day. Good buddy. He uh, He's mentioning Branny tough as nails. He took a skate, not the blade, but took the boot right to the right to the nose tonight. Oh, yeah. uh, battled through that. He led all Senators defensemen in ice time. So isn't that also a curious thing when it comes to DJ Smith's coaching? He's either on the third pair, barely playing, like fourth, fifth minutes, or, and yes, Shabbat was hurt. Somebody has to take those minutes, and you probably lean with the offensive guy, especially trailing. But 28 minutes, that's got to be near a career high again for Eric Branstrom. So there's no in-between. Just like Michael Delzato, just like Adam Gaudet, these guys are – I guess it's putting him in a position to succeed if I'm going to play devil's advocate to myself. But he's taking these guys where it's like you're either out of the lineup or you're on the power play. And it seems like most teams, like you earn power play time based on how you play at five-on-five five to a certain extent. So I just think that this looks like a team tonight, Pilsy, and you can tell me what your thoughts are on it, that it's just waiting for something to happen, whether it's – 
um, a coach, which I mean, I don't think that's going to change anything. And you heard, you hear the players talk so highly. I think that this is a roster construction problem here and it starts with the management. That's not to say a new manager would not come in and just pick his own guy, just like Dorian did with Boucher. But I, I think that this problem goes much deeper than DJ Smith. Yeah, and just quickly on the Branson topic, you mentioned how he gets 28 minutes of ice time. Well, he was the main defenseman on the power play. So three and a half minutes of that is power play time when Shabak goes out. So I don't know, maybe like who would you rather on the power play? I guess Artem Zub, who did get looks at the second power play unit with 45 seconds worth. But it makes sense that Branstrom is the guy there. And yeah, to put a silver lining on it this is a time for Branstrom to step up. And we keep saying, all right, if he's given kind of the keys to a bigger role, can he take advantage of it? And we saw at the end of last season, he did. This year when Shabbat was hurt, he wasn't able to take that step. So essentially he's going to get another chance here and he's going to have to make the most of it. Now, talking about DJ Smith, a team that's struggling like this, you want a player's coach there. You don't want maybe like a tough as nails guy or an X's and O's guy when you're just losing constantly. You need someone that can manage people and understand the situation. And I think DJ Smith, he said it himself, like a big part of why this team's struggling recently is the trade deadline looming. And we talked about it a little bit on the show. Like it's a big deal for guys being like, am I getting traded? Am I staying? My agent says there's not much talks contract wise. Like, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what to tell my family. Like you're kind of just lost uh, until a decision is made or until the deadline is passed. So I can see how that's affecting a lot of players and that can kind of be a, a dark cloud in the room as well. Certainly. And you're seeing the the remnants of that spill into to, into what we're seeing on the ice game in and game out. I, I forget if it was Gary Galley or I think it was Kyle Bukowskis uh, during uh, a TV, like where you come in from the commercial, they do their little speech and they were talking about Nick Paul and he wonders what the fallout would be in the locker room if he got moved. Like it's the same vein as putting Zach Smith on waivers, mm-hmm. not re-signing Mark Borowiecki after you say you want to make him a senator for life. Like, Mark Stone, different story. That guy's a star. It's it's a little bit different. But for these guys, like if you just pay them a fair wage, it's honestly not hard to make them senators for life or for however long you think that you see fit on the team. And I don't think Nick Paul has nearly hit his uh, hit his um, potential when it comes to that. So I, I don't know. I, I mean, like it's not an excuse, and neither is the the fact that there's injuries. Every team goes through it. So. At this point in the season, I'm I'm just kind of waiting for something to happen because that was an uninspired effort tonight from start to finish. And for a team that prides itself on playing hard, that wasn't hard. And I think we were kind of leading up to that Roslovic, the second goal. But what did you see on that? Because to me, it's a one-goal game before it. Sure, you're going to give up a couple. That's fine. But at the same time, right when Roslovic just outmuscles Zaitsev in his elite defending out front, it just felt like there was no like even attempt to really push back right away well and ross i'll even go as far to say it, it wasn't just out muscle it was just outsmarting zaitsev like out out braining him as well because mm-hmm. zaitsev just sitting there like aimlessly cross-checking and i know you got a box out and torian that what's his famous quote with acquiring good branson like he's gonna cross-check you in the back and you don't like that but Sure, that's all good and fun if the puck's not heading right towards the net and now you're just spending time with two hands on your sticks just uh, pumping iron there. And Rozovic says, okay, while you're busy doing that, I can handle a couple of those to the back. I'll scoop the puck in and score. Not a big deal. And Zaitsev, he's not focused on the puck or the play at all. He just has one track mind. Okay, I got a box out, box out. And 
it, it just it doesn't work. And yeah, he yet again, number 22 is uh, an absolute liability for the Sens. And it becomes even more glaringly obvious when Thomas Shabbat has left this game. Only defenseman who was dash two in this game. Only he and Brandstrom had any giveaways, let alone two each. And Brandstrom played seven more minutes than Zaitsev. But really, it's just poor puck skills when the puck's on his stick and poor awareness skills when it's gone. He iced the puck a few times in important situations tonight. It's absolutely embarrassing what he's doing out there. He should be wearing, you talk about looking good and uh, putting lipstick on a pig in the sense of nice jerseys on, on these kind of players who aren't playing up to their potential. He should be wearing the Binghamton Senators old jersey out there. I can't watch it much more, man. It's really, really getting to me every time. And then it's not like we only see it for like a shift here or there. Like he played what second, third most among all oh, defensemen. He, he's out there. We're we're seeing him, Ross. We're getting to see a lot of him. And yep, look, I'll I'll try to change the mood here a little bit by with my Sense Central standout because, Ooh. like I said, there are a, a let's, few. Uh, let's hit the game summary real quick because the Senators okay, did yeah. score first, but we haven't mentioned it was Tyler Ennis who gets the game's first goal. However. This one was all Thomas Shabbat. Dipsy dangle in from the point, draws three defenders to him, and put the puck on a tee for a, a nice little redirect on the backhand for oh, Tyler Ennis, his seventh of the year. And at this point, they don't ask how, it's how many. And Chris Tierney's a point-per-game player since returning from his injury. That's all I'm telling other GMs right now. He gets his 10th assist of the season, and it was one nothing Ottawa for exactly four and a half minutes. And then... Roslovic tied it up. Great play from Wierenski and Line. Second period, Eric Robinson from Wierenski and Merzlikens. Roslovic from Line and Carlson. And then in the third, Sean Corrali into an empty net. Sends lose 4-1. But as you said, a couple good performances. Who's your first standout? Well, this is my standout. Don't go to Twisted. But I would also tell General Manders Ross about Chris Tierney. He went 10 for 14 in the faceoff dot. And at one point, he was 8 for 8. So, hey, a bottom six guy that can has a decent uh, showing in face-offs and gets an assist. That's a nice look for Tierney and teams looking to acquire him. Now, on to my Sun Central standout. This, as he should be and as he usually is, this guy was the heartbeat of this team, and I thought it was Brady Kachuk. I mean, seven shots. He had almost 19 minutes of ice time. And these weren't just any old shots, and they weren't just Brady jamming the puck at the side of the net into a goalie's pad shots. Like he uh, tends to pad his stats sometimes with those little quick shots at the bumper. These were heavy wrist shots that he has time to kind of load up. Like he's really putting a lot of oomph onto them. He had that one nice, uh, quick one-timer shot. Norris passed it through the the center of the ice, and Brady was right there. And he got in the mix. He was getting after it after the whistle, not letting. The Columbus guys just have it have it easy. He was showing them that he was pissed off. And I thought of all the players, he played his game consistently and there was no fault for him in my eyes. What did you think of the play where he had a nice little wrister from the half wall, but Merzlik has put mustard, mayo, ketchup, even some fried onions on that sausage with a little hot dog move. You could call it. And then Brady went over. He's like, buddy, that yeah. was a decent save at best. Yeah, yeah, I, I do know the exact one you're talking about there. And that's that's what I mean. Like Brady, he's he's not going to settle for that. And he's putting everything on net. Seven shots on goal. You got to yeah. love it. Hey, how about the play too where he had in the third period where Lucas Carlson behind the net tried to push at him. And Brady just like threw him to the ice. Like, get out of my face, peasant. 
Yep. And he just kind of turtled on him. And then Lion A's like, oh, I don't really want to go either. Don't even want to <laughs> look at you. Looking for pennies on the ice, that sort of thing. So I can appreciate Brady Kachuk having a good game. And I can only imagine getting between his ears right now as a guy who's like, are you kidding me? By the way, the Columbus Blue Jackets remain the only team now that Brady Kachuk has not scored a goal against. And oh, this was damn. his this was his eighth game against the Columbus Blue Jackets. Still no goals. And all you heroes out there, he did score against Seattle. As I had I had put that stat out before he had ever uh scored. It was Seattle and St. Louis, I believe, uh, were the two and Columbus. Uh, and he got one against uh, St. Louis as well. So no such luck against Columbus. Do they play again? Uh, this year I want to say yep they do April 22nd in Columbus so Brady will have another chance there and god help me if I have to hear that cannon once again it's a low vibes day and I hope that it's coming across in uh, the tone usually we're a little more excited and um, you know first the news starts right after we finish recording today Jake Sanderson's week to week that's brutal. And old takes exposed on us Ross being so stoked about that play (laughs) week to week injury now, the good news is it was a hand injury. It kind of looks on first glance like it could have been a head or neck the way he jumps across, yep. but it, it is a confirmed a hand injury. So, um, and yes, Roby hasn't scored against Ottawa. Nice. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Thanks. I really need that one tonight. Really need that one tonight. <laughs> Fair. Fair. He's not wrong. He's, He's not wrong. wrong. He's not wrong. Got to give it to him. Um, but when it does come, what was that? He, Way to go, buddy. Uh, whereas Roby, you absolutely knocked me off my train of thought there. You're no, talking but, about playing Columbus again. Uh, I don't want to play Columbus again. I just I want to play good teams now because we we talked about how this was the easiest road or homestand. Go here, the easiest homestand that you'll ever see in the National Hockey League. They give up three goals in the third period against against Seattle, barely win, and then lose. Get doubled up by Chicago and lose 5-3 to Arizona and now tonight 4-1. So DJ Smith said scoring goals the problem tonight, sure. Last two games, three goals, five goals. You should probably win at least at least one, maybe, maybe both of those games. So in, in all in all seriousness, I I really don't know where to go. I, I guess I, I get a have to pick a someone here as a standout. I would say there's one. Oh, there's one more. There's one. One more. Like, are we giving it to Shabby for almost yep. nine nine minutes? I mean, yeah. Why five not? Five shots. That heads up play was incredible. Like yeah. I and hey, he tried to get back out there. That would be my 100%. only other Sen Central standout. Here. No, I I agree with that, and I thought he was fantastic. And when a guy who only played nine minutes is easily the second best player on the team, <laughs> I think it kind of tells you what kind of night everyone else had. In this one, and yeah, somebody mentioning the in the chat too. Uh, Parker Kelly almost said Chris Kelly. Uh, Parker Kelly, five hits for him. Another night at the office. He also played less than any senator not named Austin Watson. Watson minus two in nine and a half minutes, and for some reason had shifts playing with Formanton and Stutzla tonight. Did you get that at all? They were trying to shuffle it up, but I don't, I don't know how that. I don't know how that combination makes sense for half a second. Yeah, I, I'm at a loss of words on that one, Ross. We're talking about getting Timmy more talent to play with, and Austin Watson is going to be. You know how they say like he can stick handle in a phone booth? I don't know if Austin Watson could stick handle in a Olympic-size ice. 
let alone. I don't think so. you could fight in a phone booth either. Wouldn't want to see that. No, this is this is just a tough outing overall for the Ottawa Senators. And, and give Merzlikens credit. He makes 30 saves, 31 shots. I honestly don't think I could count on one hand how many grade-A scoring chances there were in this game. I think you could probably say the goal was, especially the way Thomas Chabot created space there. But beyond that, how many like big saves do you think he well, really made? Ross, according to naturalstatric.com, the Sens had seven high danger chances. So, okay, I just need to get a little surgery, a couple more fingers on there. I'd be all set. <laughs> yeah. So, question for you here, and I don't think we really need to go around for another round of Sens Central standouts. I got No, we can't. Yeah, I got nothing. No, we'd just be sitting here in silence. Great radio. The Senators will practice at 1130 tomorrow, Eastern time. What is the likelihood that there will be significant changes to the lineup. And now I'm not saying put in Gambrell for, I was going to say Tierney, but he, he stays in, he's a vet. So let's say they, they take out, who would they take out? That's I guess, a good <laughs> place to start because my mind goes to Austin Watson, but with this coach, I highly doubt it. Yeah. I don't see that happening, especially up against Philly. You know, he's going to be like, we want some big size going up against a team like that. Um, yeah, obviously Victor Mete comes into the equation here. And Brandon Sturm will with... take Shabbat's spot. Mete yeah. will play with Brown. And what do you do with uh, number twenty-one, Nick Paul? Well, you got to you got to keep playing him. Absolutely. You think you keep playing him? It's not going to be a sit and wait situation. I don't, I don't think he's uh, had enough of a oomph here lately, and I think mm. they still got to do some more convincing. And you don't have much of a choice. You like he's a quality player, and who are you going to replace him with? I mean, they point? did this with with uh, Matthew Shane, though. So it's not like like if you know he's on his way out, I think they probably sit him. A little different risk there with Duchesne okay. and Paul, right? Not no offense to Nick Paul, but just pending UFA is is the c- combining factor there. Definitely, definitely. If anything, Ross, I would say they play him at home and uh, bubble wrap him on the road for the second half of that back-to-back. Yeah, that would be my him, guess. Let him have a few Shane shows in Montreal at the Bell Center while he waits. Yeah, hey, I'll, I'll be having a couple of Shane yeah, shows as well. Yeah, you should, man. Putain. Um, <laughs> but, uh, Ross, let's just to wrap up on a quick positive note, because I think we've said all, all we can say, and we, we've oh, got yeah. to talk about this game yet again. Oh, also, morning. Ridley Greg's hurt just for so right oh, now, Ross. I was Ridley, about to try to put a positive spin on yeah, this, yeah, video. yeah, sandwich. So, finish off strong. So okay, Ridley I got Greg's the other hurt. slice of bread here. All right, Jake Sanderson's hurt, Tyler Clevin suspended. <laughs> Anything else? I mean, Boucher scored. But yeah, don't jinx it. Knock on wood. Nothing changes there. Oh my god. Yeah, and it sounds like just to clarify, I think it's a minor injury for Ridley Gregg, but it's now held him out two games. So he hasn't been there on Saturday, and now he's he didn't play tonight either. So just another one. Time for my positive. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm ready for it. All right. At least Ross, we were worried that Joe Sackick's phone was the only phone that worked. The Ooh. seller's market is heating up because yeah. that's quite a package that got for Ben Sherratt there, and then for the Seattle Kraken for a guy like uh, Yarncroft, that's not a bad return there either. So there's picks being moved the other way, markets are being set, and as these guys get knocked off the trade bait, trade target list. Other teams get more desperate and say, hey, we got to stop dragging our feet. We got to get in on this action before there's nothing left here. So hopefully, Pierre Dorian will be receiving some calls here. But what scout would watch tonight's game and be like, oh, I got to call Pierre. I need this player. 
We the just desperate said we, ones, Ross. The desperate ones. We just said that the two people who were standouts in this game are like the only two that are locked up yeah. long term. The core of this team was either in the press box or got hurt during the game, or was was Brady Kachuk, and he's not going anywhere. So cursed, I tell you, cursed. I don't. I don't think they would get a call on a single player based on tonight. Like the players who would be on the move. I don't. I actually thought Chris Tierney had a decent game. He had a good defensive play that broke up a really good uh, cross ice pass. Like I mentioned on the face offs, he was good. He got an assist for yep. for hopping into a fourth line role after you haven't played in a while. I thought it was a decent showing. So I feel like you tap danced around the Uh-oh. question about practice tomorrow. Well, no, I, those are the who, only answers. Who comes out for you though? If you were the GM. Or head coach. if it's me, you give Austin Watson a night off here. Yeah, and then you. But it's but, Philly, you know. They always play with a little snar- snarl. That's exactly why he won't come out. But mm-hmm. I would probably. You can't take Tyler Ennis out. That's one thing. Like they're going to though. If like, you're he would be the God natural Dett, guy. No, but if you're going to put God dead in, keep Ennis in. I mean, he just scored. I feel like he's a more a better fit in this lineup, and you're not getting any sort of package back for Goddett. And Ross, if you ask me, Tyler Ennis is a would be a better part of this team's future than Adam Goddett. Yes, and Tyler Ennis played over 15 minutes tonight, so he played yeah. pretty much top six minutes. If it was me, then Zach Sanford's going to come out of lineup too, because I think in all likelihood he's going to get moved. Yeah, fair. And I'd just put put him on the side. I'd probably put Gambrell in over Goddett at this point as well, yeah. but. This is uh, this is slim pickings tonight, and 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 Forsberg was good. He let in three goals, but he made thirty five saves. Yeah. So it's just one of those games where you don't put much. At, I don't want to say put much of the net because they still had over thirty. It just thirty one shots, seven high danger scoring chances. I think that percentage kind of tells you that it was a lot of just outside shots, and then. When you look at Zaitsev in the offensive zone, do you see him miss wide like three times in the third period when they're trying to mount some sort of comeback? And like he's going for a tip. It's like, well, not really. Just kind of miss like Yeah, there's seven. a difference between going for a tip and having a muffin that just misses. Where do you think the helmet and glasses are right now? Oh boy. They're getting dusty. They are getting dusty. Maybe a cracked lens at yeah. some point. It's brutal. And people are mentioning, like, Brett's Brett's mentioning here, and this is actually a good point, good point to finish up on. Like, they're dumping chasing, but they don't chase. They just dump, and then they <laughs> let the other guy get it, and then they try to, like, close in hard dump on Dump and it. watch. But if the defenseman can make a quick move, they're left in the dust. And I don't know what the advanced stats are. I almost feel like we should have Mike Kelly on here. One of these days coming up on Locked On Senators. Absolute beauty. I haven't had him on in a long time, but he tracks all that with Sport Logique. And I have a feeling that the Senators give up the most clean zone exits in the NHL. And that's got to be a stat where if you're a hardworking team, self, self-titled, <laughs> you ought to be making it hard on the other team to break out of their zone. It's, it's hard. It's hard to watch, man. Yep. I got nothing to add, honestly. Like, that's just where we're at. Any final thoughts? I guess you know what a great news piece is. Cole Sillinger zeros across the board because you know that the Sportsnet broadcast had that ready to go. Well, he was their intermission interview, so yeah. Yeah. 
I don't know why he was. Usually it's like, I felt like it should have been Jack Roslevic because it was after the second period. No, it should have been, uh, was it Chinnikov? His parents were there at the game for the first time in a while, right? Chinnikov? Maybe. I don't know. I, I must have missed that. Oh, so one of the Columbus Blue Jackets' parents were there for, and it was the first time watching him play in like years. I, I missed the start of that story. I just saw the end of it. Do they just get here from Russia or? I think, I think so. They're out of, uh, right. Okay. Out of country. Okay, well, good on him. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I didn't notice Chinnikov once tonight. Okay, DeHam wants us to finish up here. Let's do that. Oh, yeah, yeah, let's do it. Once, man. I think that, like, we like tracking our results, but I think that we should wait to do that until we know the the locked spot. Because once we go on, on the percentage, if it's all over the place, then there's no, like, rhyme or reason for why we're getting... The results that we are um so right now and does this include yep ottawa is two and eight in their last 10 they have three wins in their last 14 games and they are now the fourth best odds to pick first overall at the draft in montreal right now montreal is the best odds then seattle seattle's in action right now then arizona who have miraculously won seven of their last 10 games and then Ottawa. Do you want to go, uh, do you want to go first or do you want me to give it a spin here? Yeah, I'll go first here. And Ross, I just, I, I love that Tankathon does this when you see loss three in green yes. uh, font. You, yeah. you love to see that. Makes you feel good about it. Hey, <laughs> it does. That's, that's something you can feel good about. All right, yeah. here I go. Oh, not great. Detroit finally is awarded the top pick. That, that's some karma. They deserve that. And the Sens fall to fifth. Okay, so you have the Sens picking fifth. A uh, little spin here. I got the Sens picking sixth. Mm. Yeah, they've, I've got Philly at one and Buffalo at two. Both those moving up two spots. Or sorry, both of them moving up four spots. If the Montreal Canadiens move down two spots, that's all I'm hoping and dreaming of. If it's Ottawa, <laughs> great. It would just be great. At, for their well, they're great at making draft. third overall selections, right? Yes, yes, they really are. Um, who is the other one? I, I'm... Oh, Galchenyuk's the other one. Galchenyuk and Kanyemi, uh, Hurricanes legend. All right, so the Sens lose 4-1 tonight. You know it's that time of the season when we're getting the Tankathon spin going, but that doesn't mean that there isn't great content coming to your way at Logged On Senators. It's a, a pity party of all pity parties. No, we're next. we're going tomorrow across the pond for a Sen Central citizen in West Yorkshire. Josh Power is going to join us. Love, love tracking over there because there's a, there's a little bit of hive over in uh, in uh, the UK. So it's great to get them on. And why the hell would they start following the Ottawa Senators? And it's a, a great um, contrast between him and Richard, UK Senator, that we'll get to tomorrow. We also have to weigh in on what trades went down today, Pilsy. Give your overall impression, but not too much. We got to save some for tomorrow's show. My overall impression is at least it looks like the seller's market has kind of gained some leverage here. I thought, you know, I thought there were failed fair deals, but I thought as far as uh, return goes for trading good NHL players and pieces, those teams got good draft picks. So that's all the Sens can hope to do. And you hope that more trades happen to uh, bring up the demand for some of these scrap parts the Senators are trying to ship off. All right. Well, tomorrow we'll get more in depth at which pieces could be on the move. And I've been taking a look around the National Hockey League at which players I would hope 
the Sens target. So we'll get to that list tomorrow and Friday on Locked On Senators and a back-to-back on the horizon. The Sens will pray Friday and Saturday and Pillsy will have boots on the ground in Montreal. So hit him up on Twitter at BrandonPillar1 if you're going to be there. I'm sure he'll have a show or two with you at the Bell Center. You can find me at Ross Levitan. The show is at Send Central and LockedOn.Senators on Instagram. We appreciate everyone for joining us live in the postcast. We know that the losses are not as fun, but it's great. What do they say? Misery loves company? That's just how it is right now with the Senators having two wins in their last 10 games. And yeah, those two wins came back to back. So a six game losing streak and now they've lost two in a row. Hopefully that story and plot can change on Friday. Until then, we'll chat tomorrow. Again, thank you very much for joining us. I cannot express it enough because it would be so easy to get away from this. And as Joe says, he's late. Well, you're never too late because if you miss any of the postcasts, You can always go back and catch up wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. For Brandon Piller, I'm Ross Levitan. This has been the Locked On Senators podcast, your team every day. Did I say podcast? I meant postcast. Great ending. I finished minus one. The team has a minus three goal differential. We'll chat tomorrow.